0: The most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree, He's on every day with Herman Cain, 11:06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB.
1: We are. Oh,
0: uh, Shucky ducky is the man. The way. Uh, shucky ducky was a way for me to say i am thrilled to be here why not just say that herman kane herman kane solutions for a better america this is your host herman kane thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth give you the facts connect the dots to help make this a better usa Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree.
1: Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. Greetings from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee arena here in downtown Milwaukee where we're in the uh, media filing center. I should uh, put out a picture of this on Twitter right now while we're on the air just to let everybody see what it's like. So, getting ready for the big Republican debate here tonight in Milwaukee. Right.
0: You know, uh, in your notes it indicates that The candidates will have 90 seconds to answer a direct question and 60 seconds for a rebuttal. Now, I think that's good if they use it wisely.
1: Yeah, if they use it wisely. But you and I both know, as somebody was saying to me earlier today, well, uh, 30 seconds isn't very much. And as somebody who's in radio news who knows, 30 seconds is actually a lifetime if you know what you are going to say. Right. If you are filling up 60 and 90 second responses with oohs and ahs and circular kind of uh, responses, then it can be an eternity, actually. And remember in the very first debate, actually, somebody who didn't even use their full 60 and 30 repeatedly was Scott Walker, who uh, appeared yesterday here in the suburbs of Milwaukee with both Jeb Bush and then separately at an event where Marco Rubio was. And so there's two ways to look at it. You can be very succinct and get your message out, or you can go for a while and use all that time. And again, so instead of 60 seconds, I say, Okay, Herman, uh, tell me about your, your plan on the economy. Instead of 60 seconds, you have 90 seconds at this debate. And then if you mention me and say something bad about me, then instead of 30 seconds to respond, then I have a full minute. But I think these guys should be, look, they've been doing this long enough. They've been out on the stump. Uh, they should have their answers down to 20 seconds anyway. My, my old thought is, if it takes you more than two sentences to explain something, then uh, you're running uphill. But those would be the difference different time constraints tonight. And with eight people up on the stage, remember, uh, we don't have the the full 10 that we had in the last debate as Chris Christie and Mike Huckabee have been shifted down to the pre-debate. Lindsey Graham is not here. Neither is George Pataki. They were not invited. So again, you'll have four in the debate undercard. That begins at 7 Eastern. And then the full debate with uh, the eight Republicans, the main stage, that begins at 9 p.m. Eastern time.
0: My experience has been that even though they have 90 seconds It better be clear, crisp, and concise even in 90 seconds because after 60 seconds, people start to lose interest and start thinking, hurry up and finish talking.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think ninety seconds is an eternity. That's I mean, an again, somebody in radio news here? The difference between writing a thirty-second story, a forty-five-second story, a sixty-second story, and a ninety-second story—ninety goes on forever. I mean, most of you listening out there, you know that a thirty-second ad on the radio and TV—that's pretty normal. A one-minute ad is pretty long, and you notice it. You really notice going over a minute, and so I, be careful for what you wish for here with ninety seconds to respond. Doesn't mean you have to use all of it, Uh, but certainly you'll have that option. Now, the other thing tonight, obviously, with the Wall Street Journal and the Fox Business moderators is they do not hope for a repeat of the fighting that uh, took place between the moderators from CNBC last time and the Republican candidates. Uh, But, you know, again, Herman, let's just say, hey, you're going to bore in tonight on the candidates and their different plans for jobs and economic growth, etc., You know, sometimes those questions can be a bit pointed because you're trying to get to some answers. And uh, so I'll be interested tonight to see how far the moderators push some of the Republicans in order to get them on the record on certain things that they've proposed.
0: It'll be interesting, especially if they stick to economics, business, jobs all of that kind of good stuff. I oh, well, there's certainly an awful lot of
1: uh, targets and an awful lot of uh, items in there uh, of all the candidates. I mean, you know, for the most part, let's face it, Herman, most of the Republicans sort of agree on the broad basics of right. what they want to do. Right. Right. So, I mean, in, in that sense, it's it's the smaller things. And, and you know, do the moderators then look to bore in on some of those items that either are A, different, or B, haven't really been fleshed out as much by some of the candidates? And, uh, again, Just because you're getting a tough question uh, doesn't mean that there is bias at work. It can just be trying to get an answer. And, you know, I think that, for example, when it comes to Ben Carson, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, thought that maybe some of his economic plans have not been that fleshed out. And they may try to go after those. On the other hand, who knows where we're headed in this debate. We'll have to see what happens tonight.
0: Well, that's what makes it more interesting. Now... Walker has been there, or he has met with some people, but he's not endorsing anyone. or there rumors yep. that he might be endorsing somebody?
1: It doesn't look like before the debate, he, he said again he was not ready to do that. He appeared at an education event in his uh, home area of Waukesha yesterday, where actually he made his initial announcement. He was there with Jeb Bush yesterday. Bush afterward was asked by reporters, you know, basically, what's your plan for tonight? He said, I'm going to speak directly to the American people. Bush, of course, remember two weeks ago in that debate in Colorado, went after Marco Rubio right away, and that did not exactly work out for him him, and his numbers have only trailed off since then in the polls, so one would think he's got to arrive tonight. He, Jeb Bush, with a different type of game plan. Up on the stage tonight, Herman, you're going to have Donald Trump in the middle with Ben Carson, and then next to Trump is going to be Marco Rubio, and then on the other side of Rubio will be Jeb Bush, so he will be uh, framed up there by Trump and Bush. We'll have to see if that does anything. Rubio last night was here as well for a rally, and then he went to a fundraiser for a Wisconsin state politician. I think it was the state speaker of the House, but I'm not sure about that. And then the governor was there as well. So they, uh, again, the, the opportunity was there for Governor Walker to endorse, but decided not to. You know what it might be? It's like uh, two weeks ago when we were in Colorado, Herman, I interviewed Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado, along with a bunch of other reporters. He popped into the spin room in the, in the media filing center, and we asked him, so are you uh, signing on with them?" No, 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 I'm, I'm staying on the sidelines. And then literally a few days after the debate, there he was on TV endorsing Marco Rubio. <laughs> so it could be that Governor Walker yeah. has just decided there's no reason to get involved in it right now, but maybe after this debate, uh, he could come out and endorse the other on the other hand would it be that big of a deal uh, you know obviously scott walker got out for a reason he didn't have the support and he didn't have the money coming in i was really struck by that herman yesterday when you think about it you had jeb bush and and scott walker there together at the same event the last time i was here in june for walker's announcement he and bush were one two in the polls donald trump had not made the big move yet and yeah. there, here we are just a few months later walker's not even in the race and jeb bush is struggling big time this is
0: why I've said you gotta let this stuff unfold because the more people learn, the more it changes their perception about which candidate they prefer and we're seeing that we're seeing that play out. Now, Mike Huckabee claims that even though he is now demoted to the smaller stage yep. that it hasn't really hurt his fundraising what are you hearing?
1: Well, I mean, that's possible that it hasn't hurt his fundraising, but I do think it hurts to be in that pre-debate. Let's face it, as a reporter, I'll just tell you that you listen to it, and you, you know, you take notes, and you uh, mark out sound bites and more, and you have that ready. But it's just, it does not get the same play the next day that the main debate does. It just doesn't. It hasn't. The only one was the very first one, where both Carly Fiorina and, to a lesser extent, Rick Perry got some discussion off the first debate. There were a few things that Lindsey Graham has said here and there they got some notice. But realistically, that pre-debate debate, the undercard, however you want to refer to it, has not driven the news like the main debate with Donald Trump and all the others. And I would think it would be about the same today. Now, uh, Christy and Huckabee, I would certainly look for them to be very vocal tonight and to get out their message, but really the focus is going to be on what happens in that main debate.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Well, like you said, we're going to have to see... Uh, all of the anticipation and all of the planning is now behind us talk a little bit about this Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals decision to basically stop Obama from trying to uh, execute his executive action on immigration.
1: Yeah, this is a big deal because this is all part and parcel of that legal fight that's been going on about the president's executive actions on immigration. You remember we had a district court yeah. down in Texas yes. that put an injunction against it. The administration said, oh, we'll get rid of that, and then they've lost at every appeal. This was to a three-judge panel on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals based out of New Orleans, and they had been holding on to this case for a while. I think the arguments were uh, July the 10th, if I remember correctly, so we're talking almost four months that it took for this decision to come out. It didn't seem in reading it that there was any reason for such a long delay, but regardless, it was a two to one vote in which they said, no, the president cannot move forward these executive actions on immigration. And uh, they are not going to lift the injunction that was put in place by the federal district judge against them. So there's several options here for the administration. They they can appeal this, they can go to the uh, full Fifth Circuit and ask for a hearing, or they could go right to the U.S. Supreme Court and ask for them to get involved. Remember, this is not really on the merits of it. This is just on an injunction as to whether to right. block its implementation. This judge, as the earlier uh, these judges, as with the earlier judge, all said that they thought that the states, 26 of them, I think in all that have challenged this, would win this case, and so they saw no reason to lift the injunction. Uh, certainly, the uh, the Obama administration disagrees. But this is another big legal setback. But let's think about this, Herman, in terms of timing. If you go, get this accepted by the U.S. Supreme Court in this term, that means means you would have arguments at some point, I would guess, probably next March or April, right in the middle of the primaries and caucuses. And then you'd have a ruling by the end of June, right in the middle of the year in a presidential year. And certainly this is a very political issue. Uh, You know, it's it's drawn an awful lot of scorn from Republicans. And I think they really believe that the administration has overstepped its bounds. Remember what they were trying to do here with these executive actions was not allow about four to five million people who are here in in the u.s. illegally not allow them to be deported so they right. could stay here and it was yep. all part of the president's move on what's called DACA and DAPA so uh, at this point in time a big win for the Republicans but obviously I think there's still another part in this to play out and that is sooner or later we go to the US Supreme Court
0: well I think it's more of let's, we have laws, we need to stick to these laws, and this isn't the first time that the president has tried to go it along. Isn't he trying to do the same thing relative to Gitmo and work around Well, yeah, no, this is
1: very similar. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the threat has been there from the administration in the last few days. The last week was uh, one of the first times they brought it up like that in which to say, you know what, if the Congress doesn't allow us to shut down the Guantanamo Bay uh, terrorism jail, then we'll just do it on our own. Now, again, uh, the administration has uh, has flouted what have been in, in, in previous laws about guantanamo bay and i think there's a lot of worry amongst republicans that before the end of his term that he may do exactly that and try to uh to move those prisoners out and to close that facility it was really one of the uh, main parts of his appeal back in 2007 2008 for a number of democrats in the sort of uh, rea- over uh, reaction to the bush administration so we'll see if that happens i certainly expect a big pushback from republicans and uh i would uh, assume they would go to the courts they've put in they've put in their uh, different laws in the defense bills, and there's one that's moving through the Congress right now that basically says you cannot move any of those detainees from Gitmo to any jail in the United States. Is
0: that going to stand?
1: Well, that's what we'll have to see, and we'll see what happens. I just get the feeling that they're going to try, and uh, it, I, would, I would expect that to happen if not this year, then at some point next year.
0: There's a lot of N-I-B-Y not in my backyard or in Yes, sir, you are correct about that. There you that. go. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. uh, All right, Herman,
1: we'll talk to you here from Milwaukee tomorrow with a big recap. And and
0: take copious notes that you can share with us tomorrow. I'll send them all
1: to you, buddy. Sounds good. (laughs) You're listening
0: to the Herman Cain Show.